If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to this completely unnecessary podcast for Tuesday, December 10th, 2019. Oh, it's getting cold outside. Christmas chimes are are, are a-blowing. What? That's not an expression. That's Ian Ferguson. <laughs> I'm Pat Country. I, I'm still waking up from that CBD gummy. On the show today, we'll be talking about uh, the I Am Jesus game. Uh, an Intellivision update. Ooh, we have insider info. Um, and then a Polymega uh, update. And then a few trailers and a, a Dr. Disrespect TV show we'll maybe talk about. And uh, and a Patreon poll talk, maybe a Q and A if I see there's something nice to talk about. Ian, uh, how how was your weekend? It was fine. I uh, I didn't really do much of anything, honestly. I made more soup, and I'll probably make soup again today. It's just my new hobby is making soup. Why don't you do it on Twitch in in real life? Uh, soup maker. Yeah, you should do that. Yeah. Are you set up for the Twitch? Have you been streaming lately? No, no. Streaming is terrifying and awful. Um, but I have not been doing it lately. Is, is that is that is that video review coming anytime soon? Yeah, actually, it is. Oh, okay. Get off my ass. I was gonna say it was like because we're like six months, uh, six, six months, six weeks out. You said it's coming out of now. Yeah. Well, what is it on again? It's on Crossnick. Oh, Crossnick. We talked about that on my the, brother. Uh, yeah. Yeah, your brother made that. Um, I have like 15 hours into that game. I didn't realize. 15 I, hours? Yeah, I didn't realize I played so much. And I'm awful at it, too, is the thing. It's going to be a great review, then. <laughs> yeah. Um, real quick, we got enamel pins. We do. Uh, go to go to ultimatenintendo.com. That's that's where my store redirect is. And you can get some nice enamel pins of the PCU podcast. Uh, and if you want the book, I recommend ordering it by, like, Saturday the 14th to guarantee that it'll arrive Hopefully before Christmas, because obviously the post office gets slower like the week before with all the extra you know stuff in there. So get on to ultimatenintendo.com and check out the wares, pins, books right there. And uh, it's, it's moving like gangbusters on Amazon right now. So I'm glad it's on there too. But go 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 to the but help me out. Go to the web store instead. <laughs> Amazon takes a pretty penny uh, from the sales. Uh, not for resale. We're, we're finally finishing up the Blu-ray there. There's a couple of extra little things we had to smooth out with the audio. Uh, our pal Yoshi had to help with a couple of CG shots, but you won't see what they are because it's like CG that you don't notice. It's like background stuff. Ooh, um, fancy! Check that out. Speaking of Yoshi, check out the new, the new, uh, the new AVGN Pat Combat video came out a week ago, featuring Karate Champ. <laughs> there, I think it's probably the first time I've worn this shirt ever, or since that video where I had it in my hand there. Um, and there's there's a couple of uh, there's a few trailers that have come out. Literally, they all came out within like like 18 hours of each other. Uh, Ian, you check out the Ryan Reynolds NPC movie called Free Guy. Yeah, I I don't know, whatever. None of these. There's there's three trailers that came out. Ryan Reynolds. Uh, the, well, let's the start with the first one. Yeah, I don't. I had no interest in it. I don't. Well, this is um 
you know, they say it's from the studio that brought you Disney, but it's really a 20th Century Fox film that, in, that was being produced before the merger. Right. Because I don't, I don't see Disney wanting to do a movie like this. No. Necessarily. And plus, Ryan Reynolds had that relationship with uh, Fox before with, from uh, Deadpool. But so, so Ryan Reynolds is playing like a bank teller. And the first clue is something's amiss. He opens up his closet. And, you know, there's all the same outfits, khaki pants, blue shirt. His, his apartment building is called apartment building. He steps out of. And then, you know, all this violence is happening around him with people on motorcycles and things getting shot. Uh, not a lot of people actually getting hurt, though, like actually shot, because that's what, really what a GTA-style game is. But this is like a GTA-style game. There's like uh, someone robbing a bank and the cops are chasing, chasing them. You know, people are shooting guns in the air. And Ryan Reynolds is like, oh, this is our life. We're getting robbed again. So they're giving a life to you know the NPC character who then finds out that, oh, I can fight back and I can be a hero by putting on like these glasses and he sees the video game world, you know, and it looks like a floofy, you know, fun action movie that you'll forget as soon as you like step out of the theater and take a piss. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad idea. I mean, it's a, it's a neat concept for a movie. I just, I don't know. I have no interest in watching it. Yeah. You know, Ryan Reynolds, uh, before Deadpool did not have the, the best, uh, uh, track record for being a leading man in, in movies and action movies and Deadpool sort of finally put him on that sort of map where he's like a bankable star. Sure. So hopefully that, this you know that sort of gets him in here and obviously it helped with detective uh, pikachu uh, there as well I, I mean it looks fine i i probably won't see this until it's f- for free on tv <laughs> but you know right. they, they give you, you know that the quinn essentially gets the the female sidekick she's a british british lass she's shooting up things and he's all of a sudden he's like a superhero and knows how to do all this shit so it is what it is i just think it's it's rough to have a neutered action movie when when the games these are based upon are ultra Aren't. are yeah. ultra violent video games sure. where you're like shooting grandma walking along the street you know and, and this it's like oh someone's thrown out a window like well that's well, you not can what the game shoot is. grandma it's not like everyone shoots grandma yeah but i mean that's what happens in the games people are getting shot you know constantly you know you're like you can shoot grandma you don't have to um and then and then we move on to uh uh, the Wonder Woman 1984 trailer. I'm oh. fucking over it. I'm fucking over the 80s shit. Um, <laughs> I, I think when, when were I, you officially over it? Years ago. I, I I got sick of it super, super quick. And I admit... After Stranger Things? Before Stranger Things. Before Stranger Things. Yes. Okay. But I, I, because of where I work and, and, and what I deal with, I was dealing with 80s nostalgia up front and in my face all the time, constantly. So... I get that I burned out on it earlier than most people did, and that's that's fine. I'm not saying that there's anything inherently wrong. It's a fine aesthetic. It's a cozy aesthetic. But I, I think starting, I think I think Stranger Things was really when I I it was peak. I mean, here's peak, the, I will probably watch Stranger Things at some point. I still have oh, it, have it. Okay. but I was already sick of it by the time Stranger Things came out. That's why I avoided it. I, I was just so sick. Of the, hey, this is the 1980s. Look at what we're doing in the 1980s. The 1980s is fucking popular. So here's something else in the goddamn 1980s. And, I mean, we're, what, we're four years beyond Stranger Things now? The first season coming out? First season was, yeah, they skipped a year. So three or four years ago, yeah. So, I mean... 2015 or 16, yeah. I don't... I, I think this movie, if I just look at it, it looks like a fine movie. I will probably see this one, but it it wants to lean so heavily on that fucking aesthetic, well, and it's driving me nuts. Half the trailer's in the mall. Yeah. I'm guessing that there's a Walden Books. Everything's bright and colorful. But look, 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 okay, here's the thing about the 80s. 
yes, people were wearing members-only jackets, and yes, people had leg warmers here and there. Not everyone did. Right. People still dress normally because people were still dressing if they're older from the 70s. Like, when people make these period films, not everything was up to date. Not everyone had a 1983 car. People were still wearing shit from 10 years ago or driving 10 years ago. Well, I mean, you know, if like, you're going to lean... Errors bleed together. Yeah, I get it. If you're going to lean on the aesthetic, that's what you want. You, sure. But, but that means uh, you're more... It, it to me it, it's a worrying sign that you're more concerned with the aesthetic of it than anything else in, yes. in the movie. Um, I'm sure this has a fine plot. You got Chris Pine back. Uh, somehow he survived getting killed in World War One. I. I guess that's interesting. I'm kind of surprised to see him back, but they had a good good chemistry together. Uh, I love Pedro Pascal. Like the more I see him, like I love him even in small roles. He's great. That's, yeah, that's one reason I want to see the Mandalorian. In the great, uh, the eighties greed guy is a great villain. Yes, role. It's I fantastic. mean, that, that's that's a fantastic. I think that that's not a problem. It's just there are other there are other decades. There are other things going on. You could make it modern. You don't necessarily need to lean on the eighties stuff. Or if it has to be in eighties well, for if it has to be in the eighties for storyline reasons, you don't have to call it Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Versus just one room and two, <laughs> you know. Right. There's, I, I mean, you're you're really trying to draw people in with that aesthetic if you're putting the 1984 um, in the title. Unless you know, it's what about Wonder Woman in the 60s? That could have been interesting, or even 70s, early 70s. Well, 70s social... has been done to death too, and that's what I was well, going to yeah, say. It's but... not like this is unique with the 80s. This was done a decade prior with the 70s shit. Sure. I think her armor looks great because she's she's had in the comics at one point, right? The golden armor. I like how she rides the lightning with the with the um, with her whip there. Um, yeah, like he's got a fanny pack on in '84, and he's got the track suit on. Chris Pine at the end of the trailer. I'm like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> you know, like that's I understand it. But what's interesting about this is that, like, when we were kids in the '80s, it would have been like how people were nostalgic for the '50s because people would have been in their '30s sure. nostalgic for the '50s. And there, by that, it was sort of like dying out. There, was, yeah, you, Happy Days started in the '70s, and by the mid '80s, it was done. It right. was off TV, and that was really it. You had, you know, I don't, I don't remember like uh, girls in high school weren't wearing stuff from the '50s, but, but young women now are wearing '80s stuff again. So sure. the '80s fashion is sort of like this weird, sort of kitschy. A thing that survived more so than any other era that we've seen so far, because I wasn't expecting girls to wear like the, you know, the half cut off sweater off their shoulder. I'm like, you know, that's from the bell 80s? bottoms and shit came back in, from from the 70s too. I think the 70s. I think we're seeing the exact same thing happen with the 80s that we saw happen with the 70s. And I think the people who grew up a decade before us were just as sick and tired of it as we are now. I don't think it's very unique, except for the hair. The hair has not come back. That's fine. From the 80s. My sister's teased hair. I do not see young women having that. So that has not sort of come back. But some 80s hairstyles I guess have. Now I'm thinking about it. You know, some of like the, the, you know, the ponytail and short hair thing. Some of it. But yeah, not the... But yeah, but the, not the tease hair. That, that'll that stay dead forever, hopefully. I hope so. <laughs> the the big feathered uh, hair from guys, too. I don't think that's come back. No, feathered hair was one of the worst... worst. Did you know? Did, did you know anyone that had a, fe- a feathered hair? Not really. Guys, no. lots of guys had long hair in the neighborhood. Like they had longer hair, but no, sure. the feathered thing I didn't see that. They had the Guns and Roses long, like Axl Rose hair. Yeah, that's what they had. You know, and not like the big Bon Jovi <laughs> looking hair there. Um, and then finally, we have which one is obviously has people talking is the Ghost like Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer. Um, and so this this surprised a lot of people because. The tone is was almost non-comedy. It was very dramatic and um, almost yeah. It's it, it shot and, and looks like a drama. The cinematography is beautiful. They're out in the country for a Ghostbusters movie, uh, which I think a lot of people weren't expecting. It's whether or not they stay the whole movie there. And it's uh, Egon Egon's grandkids 
two grandkids that uh, find, I guess, the equipment, and then you have um, uh, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd come in as like a like a science teacher, telling them, explaining them, "Oh, this is real stuff from thirty years ago," you know, and then they're off and running. Um, it, it's intriguing for sure to take this approach, but I think after uh, the the reboot that failed, um, it'd be interesting to see, you know how grounded this is in terms of not having comedy, but it's definitely, I mean, you got, you got Finn Wolf, Wolfhard from Tr- stranger things. So it's a stranger things type of vibe, but that's an 80s sort of mystery tone thing. Anything stranger things was the first movie that did that. And that's a homage anyway to like, you know, the Goonies and Stephen King stuff, but uh, no, it's intriguing. I, 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 I'm not sure I'll see it in the theaters, but it's intriguing. I'm not a huge Ghostbusters person, so... Yeah, yeah, I never was either. I liked the first two movies well enough. I didn't see the remake, or the reboot, um, and I, I don't know that I ever will. Uh, but honestly, I mean, the reboot at least looked more in line with the original two movies than, sure. than this. I mean, for all of the bluster and the crying about four women and then all, all this, I, I think that it at least looked like... It made sense to me that that was a Ghostbusters movie. Sure. Um, this doesn't. I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, Ghostbusters fans will know that better than I will, but it's still not something that I'm particularly interested in seeing. Uh, uh, Doing some pat math, it doesn't work that these are Egon's grandkids. Sure it does. No, it doesn't, Ian, because they're like 14 years old, these kids. So that means he has to have had kids right away 30 years ago, and then, then then his kids had kids when they were like 17. You know, like, you're really you're really getting the math close there. Ghostbusters came out in, what, 84? But the sequel was 89, and they said it, they haven't been seen in 30 years, Ghost. So that's referencing the 89 movie. Uh, straight off, uh, Paul Red says mm-hmm. that. It's close. I'm just surprised that they didn't go young adult, that they went kids. I was going to say, because, uh, like, my, 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 nie- my nieces and nephews are, like... Like eight, so yeah, they'd have to be like twice the age. Eh, yeah, it's they're fudging it. it. It's by close. like six, seven yeah, years at least. Uh, it's, well, okay, <laughs> unless it was like a you know like a high school sort of thing where the Econ's kids had kids in high school. Anyway, I'm just surprised they didn't go young adult. Um, not that it's a bad thing. There was, there was ghost. There was like Ghostbusters cartoon that I'd never seen. That's supposed to be good when they're all like younger kids. Um, that came out like 15 years ago, and people said that was a really good uh, Ghostbusters cartoon. I'd never seen it. I don't uh, know anything about it. Was it Ghostbusters Extreme or something? I don't know. Anyway, but th- it seems to be taking inspiration from that, because in that one, I think Egon was still around to teach the kids, and this one you got Paul Rudd. Um, and then the, the other cast members are coming back, um, at least the other three Ghostbusters, from what we know, they're coming back to reprise their roles. And, you know, it's, it's sort of the thing like, yeah, that should have been the last movie. I mean, it should have been a continuation. And that's, this is, people are getting what they want with this. So there you go. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see that it, 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 if people are sick of the kids thing with after after Stranger Things and after it coming out, I thought I saw it on TV it was pretty good. Uh, the remake I never ever saw the original. I didn't see a chapter two. The first part um, is good. The chapter two didn't get as good of reviews, but I haven't seen that yet. I heard but... chapter two is creepy because they rewrote in the kids and the kids had aged by then a year and a half and they were significantly older. They had to like de-age him. And you could tell they were being de-aged and their voices were already different. And it was like, ah, uh, they shouldn't have had the kids in part two. Like for flashbacks, I guess, or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah, weird. Chapter two. But, um, okay. That, that's it with, with Ghostbusters. That comes out uh, next year. And it's, it's uh, Ivan Reitman's uh, son doing it. So there's some lineage there. So that's cool. There. All right. Uh, moving on, Ian, to, to our arbitrary break for the first topic. Mm-hmm. The Polymega. Yes. Your, your modular retro emulation-based console. 
that's been uh, in development now for like three and a half years. It's been almost, is it three years or four almost? Um, th- there's been an announcement uh, recently uh, about, you know, what's going on with it. And they're announcing uh, patching for their emulated games there, screen filters. And they also released a compatibility list. Uh, because remember, this is a, the main base is a CD disc-based system of both compatibility for Sega Saturn, original PlayStation, uh, Turbo, uh, and PC Engine uh, CD. And Neo Sega, Geo CD. Neo Geo CD and Sega CD. So you get like your 90s CD stuff out of the way, for the most part. Am I right. missing anything besides like Dreamcast? You know, or PS2 towards the end there. You, PS1. You, or PS2 was 2000. Was it 2000? Okay. Mm-hmm. But you, cause you, get, you get almost all your main base yeah. CD systems out of the way there. So they show the tooling, they show the um, <clears throat> they show the finished case, they start they, they talk about how you know it's made of a hundred different parts, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think what's important is the you know the, the stuff that you want to hear about is like the intelligent game patching, which um, will automatically use patches that you have put in, um, save states that are made with patched games. So if you have something that's translation patched, say you're trying to do a comparison and you do uh, you know you're you're playing through uh, a game in Japanese and in English uh, when you load those save states it'll automatically recognize which version of the game you were using that's pretty cool and and go from there um, I think uh, they talk about how the light gun adds a thumbstick to it uh, great and, idea um, yeah it's good and the uh, then it gives a compatibility list Um the compatibility list they say is about 90% for each of the systems. I will take them at their word for that. Um, you know, the few games that I just kind of tried to spot check in the lists, they showed up. Uh, I, I, I think that the base unit of the polymega, if it actually does what it says it's going to do is something that might be interesting to some people. I still don't know that the, um, the add-ons, the just... add-ons are going to do anything. Uh, I still think that at this point we have enough clone systems that do a lot of the things that the Polymega wants to do. We have the Retrons, etc. Um, I don't know that you're going to necessarily sell a lot of the add-ons for it. The CD thing is something it's it's been talked about before. It's something that's more unique in the market. Um, but I do think that at, we, we're getting to the point where compatibility is an important factor for people and they've kind of hand waved that. I think when you have a, a base unit that does as many CD systems as the Polymega says it's going to do, I think at that point you start worrying. I think some people start worrying less about the compatibility and they look at the, um, they look at the convenience of it. If it does it well, I mean, when you've got that many systems, I think people will look at it and go, okay, 90% compatibility among all these systems with a CD slot. Fine. You know, we can let some compatibility issues go. It'll, it remains to be seen how well it runs it, but I don't think that's going to carry over for the console portion of it. The, the, the cartridge portion of it. I think at that point with analog having, you know, their higher end stuff out and Hyperkin having their lower end stuff for prices that are, you know, a notch above what Polymega is doing it, or in the case of the Hyperkin stuff, well below. Um, I don't know that I necessarily see uh, Polymega succeeding beyond the base unit. Well, and the, I, I, even then, I think that's a that's a that's a big question. Well, again, they want you to buy into the ecosystem because yes. it's a three hundred dollar 
price to, to get into the ecosystem. So they're betting that, well, once you spend $300, you'll buy one or two of the base units because the base units are only $60 each. And with the base units, you obviously, um, you get the, you get basically a cartridge slot to read the cartridge for your emulator, basically, and you get you get a, uh, one controller you get with it, and then obviously you get the, you know, the two plugs for your controllers, and then you get, yeah, that's what you get for 60 bucks. I try to look at something, it's, though, like... You're, that... you're, honestly, you're really paying for controller slots, and you're paying for a controller for $60. That's basically what you're paying for. Well, the, I mean, on the other, the Hyperkin Retron 2 HD is $70, I believe. Uh, one controller for each system, Nintendo and Super yep. Nintendo, uh, without the need for the base unit. Yeah. So, I I mean, I guess it's... Compa- I mean, and, and you're doing two systems. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm yeah, not the person, sold. The person that buys this will likely, will likely buy at least one or two of the add-ons. I I feel at that point because 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 I don't see a lot of people buying. You're not buying. You're obviously not buying. If you really want the full compatibility, you would have got the FPGA stuff from from analog for the Super Nintendo and Genesis. And if obviously for the NES, you might have missed out because they don't make them anymore. Unfortunately, God, sure. I wish they did because I I missed out on buying the mini. Um, so I can see those people getting this and they don't care about FPGA. But if you got those, if you spent uh what what was it four hundred dollars getting the two uh, analog ones. Um, you're not going to be touching this. At least the add-ons, you're not touching. Right. It's, whether, it's a question of whether or not those people are going to get the base unit to play the CD stuff. Well, and at that point, I feel like if you're looking at not... Hooking it up to the TV is nice. Having it all sitting there in front of the TV is nice. I could see that convenience being nice. Um, if it was cheaper, it's something I would look into. But at 300 yes. I can't. Uh, I can't do that. If it was if it was 150 and it did all that, then... then 200 we talked about before sure. about the, the the price point on these on these systems. Once you get, I think, above two hundred, and you approach the modern systems, that's when your head kind of goes, "Why is it this much versus a modern system?" Or Even, start, doesn't that's saying it's not worth it, or they didn't put the money and time into R and D? But it's just hard to make that jump. Or the person who would want to use the system anyway goes, "You know what? They, I've prob- they've they probably know enough. They probably go, okay, well, I'm thinking emulation. I can just emulate. Sure, Cause that's, cause because that's what this system. is running on. Yeah. Yes, it's emulation." Yeah, and, and they, obviously they could be tinkered emulators, but at the end of the day, they're emulators. So, yeah, uh, the compatibility li- uh, list here, I made sure it had uh, Star Wars Chess and Sega CD. Very important, Ian, that it had that. Oh, good. Um, Mega CD, uh, and it has for all, all territories listed, Japan and Asia. Uh, Neo Geo CD, Saturn, Saturn, and then uh, Turbo CD is asked out because that's not listed here. Is it? PS- PS1 is listed. I, feel, I thought there was more PS1 games than that. I mean, it's a big list still, but I thought there was somehow more than that. There's over a thousand. So, I mean, I don't know if it's supposed to be ninety percent across all the systems they're saying. I thought it was ninety percent for each system. If it's ninety percent across all the systems, then let's see what it says here. Because there's not there's not a thousand games listed here for PS One. Yeah. Absolutely is not. Uh, there's probably a hundred on each page. Uh, maybe a little bit more than that. Anyway, um, yeah. Hey, where's the Turbo CD love? You don't have them laying around. You don't, you don't have your copy of uh, Lords of Thunder laying around to test, you know, in there. I'm sure it's okay, though. I mean, um, why would you be sure it's okay? Well, I mean, because the PC Engine emulators have been fine. They've sure. been stable forever, as far as I know. You know what I mean? Not like, it's not like we're sad. I'm not, with, with these systems, I'm not taking anything well, as a sure thing. I'm just saying in terms of the, if, we, if we know what emulator they're probably using, there's like only two turbo, you know, turbo graphics emulators that I know about, and both of them, you know, I don't think there's compatibility issues, but whatever. Uh you know, I'm just so surprised they left that off the off the list. That's all. 
because there's def because it's definitely included. Uh, so there's also a few more. Si- this I did not see. Sorry. There's also a few more systems we're wrapping up testing on. So this report will be updated again soon. Oh, information for PS One, PAL, and JP Saturn Europe and PC Engine CD, oh, there TGCD okay. in the future. Okay, we'll so, get there. That's what I mean. That's why the lists are kind of small. Yeah, I was I'll mostly checking the um, the Sega Saturn stuff, but just because uh, yeah. I don't know. I think a lot remains to be seen as to how well this actually performs when you have it and it's running. Is a that, list is one thing. Is that the hook for you, the Sega Saturn stuff? Like, if that, if you know that all worked, you're like, okay, that would be cool to play that on my HD TV. No, because I, I, that wouldn't necessarily sell me. What would sell me is the fact that it's all together. I mean, I have a Saturn. This would be nice to replace Saturns if the emulation is very good and it gets closer to 100% as Saturns get older and more uh, less reliable. Um but there's nothing that's particularly going to sell me on this. It, it, I just don't think it's a system for me. And you can buy a Saturn HDMI cable for, looks like, on Amazon, they're $30. Yep. And, I mean, at this point, there's HDMI cables for most of these consoles. And it's got good ratings, too, four and a half stars. Yeah. Which, so that's that's your... Which uh, brand one is it? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, Level Hike. I don't know who that is, but it's getting good reviews. So there you go. At this point, they figured out you know, only a couple years less. There's a bunch. We have they, the Hyperkin ones for the Saturn and yeah, the Star. I, I mean, have, honestly, I, I, I've been meaning to take one honestly, and test they, one. I have. I steal technology from each other. It happens all the time with this stuff. You know, there's, there's, there's only so many ways you can convert these signals. You know, sure. so so yeah, we've, we're figuring it out. And obviously, there's a teeny bit of lag that's input when you convert these things, but hopefully, it's it's minimal that you don't notice if you play it on your you know HDMI, uh, you know. LED TV here. All right. Well, that's a positive update. You're moving in a, in a solid direction um, here. And then and if you get the you get the full bundle, you save forty bucks if you get all four of the add-on packs uh, there, plus the base unit. It's uh, what is it? What the hell? I just had it. <laughs> I just had it in front of me the price. It's like uh, six hundred instead of six forty. What are the add-on wrong? systems again? They're doing Nintendo, NES, Super, Super Genesis, Genesis, and Turbo. Turbo. Oh, excuse me. It's five hundred down from five forty. So you, you save ten percent if you get all of it. So if it's five forty plus tax, you know, and shipping, you know, if you get basically, what is that, ten systems to all together, something like that, and then you get four controllers uh, with that. All right, well, th- here's to the Poly Mega here. Uh, we'll hopefully see it come out next year and can talk about it more when people are actually uh, playing the thing, but they're still taking pre-orders there. All right, Ian, I'm excited. So. Uh, and television came out. The Amico uh, had a 20-minute video put out about uh, the controller. Um, so we watched it. I watched the whole thing. Uh, it started with like five or six minutes of, of our pal Tommy Tarico explaining the controller and its design with like graphics and mock-up images. Yeah, showing the controller, explaining some basic things about it. Um, there are some things that I do like about the controller, namely that it can be oriented in any direction, so it's ambidextrous. Because there's buttons on, on both sides. There's, but Well, it's it's buttons on both sides, but it uses the accelerometer or the gyrometer, so it'll tell which way you're holding it. Like a cell phone. When you flip it around, it Like a cell phone. Yeah. So you can use it with the disc on the right side, or you can use it with the disc on the left side. Um, admittedly, I am a big, big fan of anything that allows lefties to use a controller uh, any way that they are comfortable. So using your the thumb pad on the right, you would love that. I, I mean, I use it. All, I mean, he, see, that's the thing. It shows him and other people holding it on the right, which that is supposed to be a left-handed way of holding things. But that no that it. strikes me as very uncomfortable. Yeah. But, I mean, the fact that I can, I can hold it upside down, that's actually great. I, I like that. I wish more 
um, consoles had controllers that let you swap shit around. I wish more games like on the 360 and the PS3, the Xbox One, etc., would let me swap the functions of sticks easily, you know, so that I could okay. mess around with it. That's all well and good. Um, but I got to say, the buttons, the, 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 so it's got... Well, it has a disc pad in the bottom. So it has the disc pad. You like can hold television. it. Left, right, disc pad. It's got the buttons on the side. Um, Indented buttons. I don't like the buttons at all. I don't like the end, the indented nature of the buttons and the positioning of the buttons was always a problem for me to begin with. On top of the uh, fact that I don't particularly like the idea of a controller disc over a pad. Well, that's insane. We know that. Th- yes. Th- there's no advantage to having a disc besides if you really want to have it that specifically analog going all the way around, then use a th- use a thumb thumb joystick if you're going to do that. Use a thumbstick, you know. So, um, but here, here's the thing about indented buttons that. You, I really have to feel the controller and get that insider info to know. When you're playing, this is supposed to be touted as you know in a lot of Intellivision arcade game remakes and things like that. Right. When you're, you're playing arcade games, you're usually pressing buttons repeatedly or in quick succession. I'm not sure how that's going to work with indented buttons because in my experience with indented buttons, it doesn't feel the same or as as spring back as easily as as you know smooth. Smooth edge buttons, basically. They're indented and they're recessed, which means they're that... Recessed. So, you can you can hold it on the side, and it shows that it has some rounded grip on the back, so you can hold it like a controller, and they're kind of there as a as shoulder buttons. But, yes, you indented buttons have never been particularly easy to press or comfortable to press. Because it's weird, because they don't go... They don't, like, go in as much when you press them, so there's not as much feedback when they come out. It's just a different feel than a regular face, like, you know, A and B button. It's just different. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it. Um, so that, that to me, is going to be a potential issue if you're going to play any game where you're going to be like that. Or, like, even... It's right. going to feel weird. It well, won't feel, the, the tactile feedback won't be as as, as a regular button. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get to the the demo. Well, I mean, the, there's the Intellivision app demo in a minute, but it shows you literally, like, 10 seconds of Moon Patrol. Um, I don't see that being particularly... I don't see there being any benefit to using the shoulder or the indented buttons on the sides no. as opposed to using well, just a normal well, face We'll get button. to the, the app in a bit. Uh, but it's uh, it, it, they thought about doing wireless charging, and they said no because, you know, it's not as, it's not as efficient. It doesn't make any sense. It's, so it's, it's going to be standard charging with, you know, with the little gold little connector. Contact charging. Contact yeah. charging in your little Which is still, foot massage-looking device. I would still call that wireless. Oh uh, yeah, okay. I mean, to a degree, you're not. That, yeah, I, I that mean, confused me for a minute. I thought they just took it uh, when I was watching it initially. I thought they were they took it out completely, and then he finished, and he was like, "No, it's contact. It's still without a wire." I, I that's sure. that's fine. The fact that the charger is built in, I do like the fact that you can just rest it and charge it as opposed to using a cord. Sure. And it is. It's faster. And than there that. and there is obviously a USB connector if you want to plug it into. Right uh, there. Okay, so there's so then um, do you, do you want to talk about then he he talks to a few of the devs that are working on the controller. Uh, let's just talk about the other feature real quick on, on on the controller here. So you got like I said, it's just basically smartphone technology. You got an accelerometer, you got a gyrometer, uh, touch capacitor. So you'll be able to obviously in space, it'll know what angle and what position the controller is at, like with like anything anything a smartphone can do, pretty much. Anything that the Wii Remote could do from from the Motion Plus era up, I think, is basically what's in there. Sure. Plus the screen. Um, they it, did say that they were changing the screen from resistive, which is really old shitty 
tech to capacitive. What uses resistive anymore? And the DS was the last thing that I could remember. The 3DS okay. was the last thing I could remember. So they did say they were changing it to capacitive. So that should be more like what an iPhone. Yeah, yeah. you'd be able to be pinpointing and be able to stretch things or you know zoom in. Multi touch. Multi touch. There you go, Ian. Um, so it's it's basically twelve year old technology. I'm being generous here on most of this stuff. Whenever you had a smartphone, a smartphone can do this stuff. All right, so then they talk to... Uh, he, he goes into the cubicles, uh, Tommy, and talks to uh, a few of the, the devs who are nice people here that are working on the technology here and, and he interviews them. And w- what did you think about those portions? Did those give you any any sort of, of a positive uh, or, or negative sort of uh, uh, reinforcement on what, what you're... Your feelings on this? No, I kind of felt bad for the devs. Um, I, I, it, it looked like they were particularly snuck up upon in the middle of work. Um, but uh, one thing that I would point out is uh, one of the devs, uh, it's about 15 minutes into the video, um, and this goes back to the controller. I think he's really fighting against this controller, and I think he's being stubborn about it. Um, Who's fighting me, Tommy? Tommy's, yeah, fighting, like, he's fighting for this controller, and, I mean, at the end of the video, he talks about, too, he's, like, telling people, just give it a chance, give it a chance. Even the dev, so the dev pulls up, and this is a cool thing, the the fact that you can use your smartphone as additional controllers is nice. The dev pulls up a uh, mock-up of the... On a smartphone. On a smartphone of the Intellivision controller. So it has a a virtual disc. It's got a virtual disc, it's got the screen area, and then it's got buttons so obviously it doesn't have the buttons on the side of the phone like like the controller does those are home buttons on a phone so it has above the screen area on the phone it has two buttons and then below it it has two buttons which is well they're adjusting where they are but it's it's approximating where they would be on the actual controller virtual face buttons right it has virtual face buttons approximating where it would go and then there's two buttons on the edge that aren't on the controller and the guy points to him and goes these aren't on the controller but they're here because we can't have buttons on the side this it's just easy to have buttons he says, here. It's kind of easy, easy to have buttons, buttons here. here, meaning the face buttons, meaning there. the face buttons that are not on the normal controller, the the two on the end. Which when you hold it, whether you flip it to the left or the right, would give you two buttons. Whereabouts you would have a normal uh, normal buttons on a controller. And the dev straight up says it's easy to have buttons here because it is having the buttons on the side for aesthetic reasons is silly aesthetic and nostalgic reasons because that's what the Intellivision had. It had your side. Yes, action exactly. Buttons. It's silly. It's 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 the most weird thing ever, and and even the dev is like it's I it, I mean is the dev is admitting saying? that w- it, face it buttons makes, are nice face buttons are yes. nice they make sense yes there's no disadvantage to having face buttons on a controller there's a reason every controller has had face buttons going back now thirty five years you know there's a reason you have them as your action buttons it's easier. And you can have other uh, accoutrements, or you can still have a couple of, you know, up top. Put a face button or two on there. Put two. The Wii, the Wii mode had face buttons on it. It had everything else going on with the accelerometer and gyroscope. And the Wii butt, still, you can still use it as a regular controller. You should have both. I mean, th- we're talking 2020 here. You know, we figured this shit out with video games, what works or what isn't. You're not going to reinvent the wheel at this point in time. The, the thing that's disconcerting to me... And I'm being as fair as possible to my pal Tommy, is that when you have uh, uh, any smartphone that could act the same as your controller that you're paying most of the value for on this new console, why do you need the controller anymore if I can use a smartphone? And that goes back to to the heart of the issue. Why do you need this when these are mobile games you're playing on a controller that could be your smartphone? Yeah. Why? 
If you can have the disc on there or a D-pad on your phone and you have the face buttons that will act the same way as your side indent indent buttons, the phone has the accelerometer, the phone has the gyroscope, it has the touch capabilities, obviously it's a smartphone. Why do I need this controller to play this game? Please answer that question. Because it looks like an Intellivision controller. Is that it? Yes. That's that's why I'm going to spend $200 on, on this console? Yeah. In order to play mobile games? 150 to 200 150 to 200 you think it's going to be closer to 150 or 200 yeah, I'm just going to say honestly. 150 because it gives them less room to swipe us for. Okay. I'm going to say 180 I'm going to split the difference here. So you're, you're spending close to $200 after taxes, and you're going to get mobile games with a device that could be your smartphone to play it. So Tommy in the video says he dances around the fact that these are mobile games. At the, at the very end, he closes and says they're mobile type kind of casual kind of games they're mobile games they're mobile games and uh, i mean that that that's the quality of them they're mobile quality that's games. not putting down mobile games no, i play but, lots of mobile games that i call like. it what it is but they're yes. mobile games and for mobile games you shouldn't need a 180 dollar or 150 dollar console to play them no. that's sort of the heart of the issue here that they're trying to build an ecosystem and having exclusive mobile games that you have to spend a lot of money in order yeah, to they're, get they're artificially creating an art an ecosystem that you need to play these games and you don't I, I have still have yet to see anything on this system that could not be done with a mobile phone and something else, a different setup. Or a Nintendo Switch, Switch, which is what Tommy laughed at me on Twitter saying, oh, you can't do these games on the Switch. What? What? R- really? Really? You can't put your Moon Patrol on the Switch? That that was an app, which we'll get into. So they well, have... no, I mean, We're going to jump right into that. Yeah, because let's jump I, into I, the well, app. Because it, it, it's the perfect segue. So there's an Intellivision Amico Club app. I downloaded it. Um, when you turn it on, it makes you locate an Amico logo. It, it, it makes you do an augmented reality little thing to find an Amico logo with your phone, and then it does a little five-second animation Amico when you find one. So the Amico logo dances, and then it gives you what is literally like four jumps in a Moon Patrol demo. Um it's making me view it again. I already did it. It's always good to have a, an artificial wall in front of people being able to go into your app. I'm going to time it right now what it is. So you can explain the demo real quick. So, I mean, if you've ever played Moon Patrol, I love Moon Patrol. I have. Uh, I played in the arcade. Moon Patrol is a fantastic game. Um, this is a demo of Moon Patrol. So in Moon Patrol, you control a little moon buggy, and you can jump over holes and rocks, and you can shoot. You can shoot rocks, you can shoot aliens, and the goal is to get as far as you can go while playing it. It's not activating. I'm trying to I'm looking at a logo. Okay. So um, I had to make mine bigger to get it to, to fire up. I had to make it like full screen. It's always a good idea to do this with an app. It's, it's fantastic. Um, so it gives you uh, a... There it is. So anyways, yes. There it goes. You load it up. And you play, and you get a few jumps into it, and it's over, and it says, stay tuned for more. It's literally like 17 seconds long. It's very, very short. It's not even one stage. You get a couple of power-ups. You, you, I don't think you can lose. I played it three times, and you just shoot everything, and you can't really lose? You I can lose. Think? You can lose. Yeah, I, I checked. Uh, you can lose. You can lose if you don't yeah. shoot anything. Okay. It's hard, too, because I got well, a couple... Well, you can pa- crash into rocks or fall into the pits. Okay, then I was really good, because I didn't... Yeah, I, I mean, didn't but it, 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 took, it took me one try. The thing I had to get used to was the, the location of the virtual buttons on the touchscreen, because I hate virtual buttons. Oh, yeah, there's a left and right button, and there's a fire and a jump with an arrow. Okay, yeah. I'll play it right now. You get the little... You get the arcade sound uh, from the, the intro music is the same. Okay, there's the jump, and then, okay, time it. It's six, seven, 
eight. As soon as you nine. go into the underhang, it's, it's over. You just keep firing. I mean, I haven't lost once. It's literally before you can't control anymore. It's about fourteen seconds. Yeah. So um, it's a proof of concept. It's not a demo. It's proof of concept. Right. It's a proof of concept, sure. and it's not a. Pre- I mean, if that's the quality of the game, I'm going to see. It doesn't seem to be a particularly good Moon Patrol game. I mean, what else can you do with Moon Patrol? Moon Patrol is a simple game where you just jump and you shoot up at, at enemies and you move left and I like right. it, but I, I guess that's what I'm trying to say, it is, and this is not to sound me, it looks cheap. It looks like a lower-end mobile game. And, and this, is, again, goes to the heart of the issue. So when you get this console, you're going to get uh, some baked-in games, and then you're going to have the store to purchase between, they're going to be between 3 and $10. Yes. A game like that on a mobile device should not cost more than a couple of bucks to me. It shouldn't. I think at this point, with how mobile games have advanced, uh, I think you're looking at 99 cents for that. I'm not even trying to Tom. go after Tommy because because we yeah. have, we have a vendetta against each other apparently. But like if for a dollar game that I still have to I have to spend 170 dollars, 180 or 109 dollars on a console to get a handful. Well, how many games are built in this thing? Is it five? Is it 20? How many are built into this? The website's updated. That's a good thing. It doesn't look like it's a GeoCity site anymore. That's a good thing. So you get some games built into here uh, at launch. You get five games. So you're basically getting, if you want me to be super generous, Ian, and say these games should cost, and it's probably going to be the breakouts might be one of them since they, there's a breakout uh, trailer online we'll talk about. You're getting between, we'll say, $15 of games with your $180 console. And on the site, it does say we'll retail around $200 at launch. Okay. I'm just trying to make sure that there's no room for, for them yeah, to swipe us. For, for cause that, yeah, because that, cause that means everything else yes. we say is ridiculous. Yes. You're getting $15 of mobile games, Ian, for a, in a $200 uh, charger and two devices that your cell phone could also do. Am I wrong? No. I'm not wrong. But people think this is going to be something that's going to uh, revolutionize the industry as we know it. And that's not to say these guys aren't doing good work or they believe what they're doing. But this is this is reality. That this has had to be because we know GameStop isn't going to put this on their shelves if they're still around, probably. Uh, is Target going to give this a chance? Or Walmart, are they going to put on an end cap? Well, they're putting this? out the entire VCS, so I wouldn't say no. On the website, at least. Are they going to have it in the store, you think? I, I don't know. But I'm not going to say anything try... is, is, definite, is, is definite. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, what gets things on the shelves is is assertiveness and i have a feeling tommy's got that in spades i have a feeling that if he wants this he can on a talk shelf, himself into he can get sword. it on a shelf uh, and some that doesn't the... change that i don't think it's going to sell yeah you can you can talk to talk to the buyers at target and say this is going to be a great hit but once target buys it and realizes that no one's buying it what do you think they're going to what do you, how do you think that relationship's going to go after that point when they realize i can't move the units sure um, some of the comments are very telling to how the marketing's going here. I don't really need a new console, but listening to Tommy's enthusiasm when he talks about his product has made me want one. I hope it's a huge success. Welcome to being uh, falling for a pitch man. You're falling for a pitch man. Right, and that goes further uh, back to I still not knowing what the market is for. Yes, family. Yes, friends. Family. Friends. Together. Friends. Family. Together. That's all the, 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 the trailer is. But um, I, I, I guess that's who it's trying to be sold to. But even the people who like this, who are saying, I don't need a new console, they're, they, they, they like it because they've fallen, like you said, behind a pitch man, not because they see a need for this console. 
This and, is, I'm, and I'm never, and I'm sorry, I'm never going to believe that there isn't family-friendly consoles and options already on the market. This is going to be the most disruptive entertainment product that, of 2020. That one made me want to throw up. Gaming <laughs> history will be divided in before and after the Meekle. That's got to be a troll. That has to be a troll. I don't know. Some people get uh, really into things. Um, I've, I've never, th- I mean, I've never said uh, that about anything. <laughs> I feel very strongly that we had a great thing going with those old console games of the 80s. Not sure where we went wrong to get us to today's isolating environment. I am so thankful that Tommy and the Amico team are bringing the family and friends back into the living room again. I, we, I, can't, I can't wait to challenge my kids at a game of skiing on the wood grade Amico. So that's someone that just wants to try to uh, imagine how it was being a kid 35 years ago, 40 years ago, playing their wood grade in television and think they, that their kids are going to get the same feeling out of it. It might happen. I'm not saying it's an impossibility, but that's the feeling that's going to drive these, these consumer purchases is that. Right. I, 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 I hate to even do it and bring it up because when we do, we're just going to get lambasted as fanboys, even though I've been very critical of the company many times. But the Switch brings people back to the living room with multiple multiplayer games in the, in the living room that you can play without being online. It's not isolating. It's more expensive, but you're getting a higher quality product. You're not getting a mobile quality game. So I, I, I'm sorry. I still don't believe that there's an actual market for this. I think that there might have been, as we've said, a market for a collection of these style of games. Uh, I said I said to Tommy on Twitter, why can't you put these games out on the Switch? Do a collection on the Switch. You know why? Because you will, because no one will buy them if they're on the Switch. Because whenever they did that, remember they did that uh, yeah. Kickstarter that failed to update the Intellivision games. No one gave a shit. Yeah, no one cares. You you need the pomp I'm, and circumstance and fluff of a, of a console. console around it. Spend two, around two hundred dollars, Ian, for the opportunity to play updated Intellivision games. Because we know that if it's only if we're, if we're putting on the app store for a dollar or two dollars, yeah, we'll sell some and make some money, but we're not going to make the amount of bread we're going to make by selling wholesale to Target, potentially Walmart, and Bed Bath and Beyond. Because that's the play here. The play is to sell the consoles, and at that point, who cares what happens? Because that because no one's going to spend two hundred dollars on individual games, but they'll spend two hundred dollars on the console. Sure, and then you got the majority of the person's money at that point. Because I can't imagine uh, a housewife. Or some guy going to Bed Bath and Beyond, seeing this for two hundred dollars, and saying, uh, "Yeah, I'm going to take a shot at this for two hundred dollars to play these updated uh, television games, and then go home and spend another hundred dollars to buy I don't know uh, eight to ten more games, right. or or fifteen fifteen or fifteen games you can get for hundred dollars. It's four dollars each or five dollars each. So, yeah." I mean, I mean, I got the we got the insider info. Now we're in the guy's cubicles. You can't get much more insider than that, right? And they showed a breakout demo. Okay, the breakout demo is interesting. Uh, what you what you think about it? It's it's on YouTube. I like breakout a lot. I like I like I like paddle and brick games in general. Um, it looks fine. I noticed that there was some English that uh, being applied to the ball, so there's uh, something yeah, going it's on. It's not just curbing. going straight. There's there's curving and stuff like the going music. on. The music is interesting. The music was fine. Um, it looks good, and uh, no joke, it's something I would definitely play, but not for two hundred dollars. Not not for almost <laughs> near around 200, around two hundred dollars for around two hundred dollars. And I mean, it has the official name, and sure, that's 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 Amico exclusive. But I can find plenty of games like Breakout that are going to satisfy that. 
Yes. That itch. So, and, and once again, I'm not even trying to insult the, the devs here. It looks like a fine game. Yeah. It looks fine. It looks great. But I, it's not going to sell me on a $200 system. You have a $200 artificial paywall to get get behind before you can play dollar and two dollar mobile games i cannot stress enough that this is the strategy of the console yeah or free games with ads <laughs> well that'd be funny if they had to do that no i'm not no, saying they would have to, i'm saying I mean, I you, can, now you yes, can you can I, get a I breakout can, type game for a couple of bucks or maybe free with ads or buy and unlock some bonus shit yeah and i can yeah. play it for as long as it's going to amuse me which could be a day to i don't know what a week before i i don't go back to it and it costs me nothing or pocket change and the control will be the exact same as using your cell phone. I mean, you're, when you're playing Breakout, you need up and down. Yep. Maybe a button to fire, you know, or you just or you just get. A yeah, they forward. added the lasers, you know, and they, they had the multi ball. I'll, like I'll just say this: I don't like uh, horizontal Breakout. It just kind of fucks with me. It's more like Pong at that point. I just like having vertical. That's just me. Uh, and, and a cell phone works with vertical. My you know, guess is that since you can, I, I'm going. I don't know what they would do with the TV. My guess is if you could play that on the phone, you can probably orient uh, the phone. See, I, I mean, I'm, I'm accidentally calling the controller the phone. If you can play it on the controller, you can probably tilt it to whatever you know look you want. But so I can get Bricks Break Request has ten thousand reviews, four four and a half stars. There's literally two different Atari Breakout that are official Atari Breakout. Um, ones old school there's a ton of these out here yeah of course you just got to find a fancy one that looks like that but there's 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 got to be dozens of breakout clones on your phone breakout of fire that's that's a funny name so <laughs> so anyway all right anything else to add here no. Ooh, brick breaker classic bricks and balls anyway all right, that that's about it for now. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure we'll get a we'll get another uh, video where, where Tommy has to drive down his Ferrari to pick up a hack YouTuber in order to make himself look better because uh, his feelings got hurt about some opinionated uh, podcasters. But for now, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is right now. <laughs> that YouTuber that doesn't do YouTube anymore. Okay. See, podcast is proud to partner with Castlemania Games. Castlemania Games is an online video game store that specializes in unique and specialty retro game accessories. Our store's goal is to curate the best options for anyone new to the hobby to those looking for the best solutions for their systems. We've done this by partnering with the best manufacturers in the game, including HD Retrovision, Insurrection Industries, Retro Fighters, Hyperkin, and Retrobit. Check out our site all month for updates in our daily deals offering, and of course to secure your copy of Metal Storm. We are gamers first with a love and respect for the gaming community. That's CastlemaniaGames.com. Ian, <laughs> do you ever want to be Jesus? Not necessarily. I don't. I don't put a lot of thought about. It. I don't think about well, the guy well, much. Well, you could in the I could. I Jesus game. You could be Jesus. So these. So uh, this was kind of all over. Um, social media and the internet for a while reported on by the uh, onion AV club. Um, There is a game coming out. There's a trailer for a game called I am Jesus Christ um, where you uh, play as (laughs) Jesus himself and uh, walk around performing um, miracles, miracles, uh, making fish come out of baskets, healing the old woman, healing, yeah. making the, the water calm for the. For, you're walking on water. You make the water calm with you know where there's a boat rocking back and forth. So it's taking stuff out of the Bible stories and you know putting it into the game. Yeah. Um. So this is being developed by Simulam, 
and a developer that has no known uh, previous games. Uh, it's being published by Playway SA, uh, who has done stuff like Thief Simulator and House Flipper. Um, <laughs> which are real games. Which are real games that are out. Uh, so... Yeah, and, and car mechanic simulator and cooking simulator. They're the simulator publisher, Ian. Yeah, uh, low, <laughs> low and weird like simulator publisher. Ultimate fishing simulator. There you go, Ian. Uh, I mean, I may have it. I buy every. Cheap, I, buy <laughs> every I buy every. Cheap you might be supporting game. them. How, how much is it? How much uh, is twenty it? bucks. I don't own, own that one. Okay. That. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. Um. So. Uh, a couple of things I'll talk about before I get into this. So looking into it, um, it turns out that they have some other games uh, coming out in this I Am line. Uh, there is I Am Your Principal. Okay. And then there is also I Am Your President, uh, which starts with Make America Great Again. Um, and I think this is all tongue in cheek. When you look at the, when you look at the, maybe not the I am Jesus one because it's a religious thing, but you look at like the I am principle one. It's very like I was laughing hysterically at it because it's literally like you hide behind a garbage can, looking at the kid get a joint. You then have the option to chase after the kid, and then get the kid when he's trying to climb a fence, and then your option is to let him go or to, to narc on him and call the police. So it, <laughs> I just want to say that. So the developer for this one is Data Lion. Data Lion. D-E-T-A okay. Lion. And then, hold on, I have to find the uh, I Am Your President one. And the Steam store? Uh, I Am Your President. President Studio. Is President developed. Studio. That's so it, so yeah. you think something so, weird's going on here? With, yeah, I think there's something uh, strange going on there, because that's three games that are obviously all trying to use like the same basic idea. And basic they all engine. look similar. They all look similar, and we're going to get to that in one second. Uh, but they're all three are done by different studios. There's something, but the same publisher, Playway SA. Yeah, something strange there. Um, also, the games don't look like they're beyond proof of concept. Uh they they only show like these little action scenes, but nothing about how the game actually like comes together or would actually play. It shows like a card based mini game for negotiating in the president one. Uh-huh. Um, it shows you pulling the ears around. It says from uh, the the principal one. It says some things you can do, but doesn't really show. It says that uh, calling parents is not the only way to deal with students. <laughs> okay, weird. <laughs> Create your own awesome punishments. Uh, get their parents. Is another oh, okay? I'm in. I'm in. The, I'm your principal. This is, <laughs> this is this, weird. This is hardcore principaling. But um, the way the games look, they all have a certain look. They all look like concept art or like trailer demos. I don't think anything that's shown in any of those is actual gameplay. None ha- of it looks like actual I, gameplay. I want to play this principal game. This is the, this is a description of the principal game. Do you see that old guy shouting and screaming? That's you, the principal. Being a principal is not an easy task. You can be the meanest, sourest principal in history or not. Manage the class. Find their pranks and wisecracks. Create announcements. Use your special skills. Calling parents is not the only way to deal with students. Create your own awesome punishments. Get their parents. I'm in for the I am your principal. And it shows, like, a student, it, one of the screenshots shows a student, uh, hu- like, hu- uh, huddling in the bathroom, like, with smoke around him, and just the options, punish him, call parents. Next show. Like, th- this is not gameplay. This is just something that It's was... just cutscenes in the, in the in-game engine they've sort of made up. I, uh, if you, I mean, if... But, not... they have, but they have other games they've published, though. They've, they've all... Maybe, I, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I'm but just saying. You think this could be a play to see what people actually want to get excited yes. about and then develop that one yes, game? Yes, I think it's... it's This is what's going on. It's, and then it's maybe a viral marketing will... attempt? Yeah. 
Because now with the Jesus game, they got to make the Jesus game because everyone knows about it, right? I mean, like they have to make it. The, on YouTube, it's got like a, like a, like a over a million views on the trailer on that. So, yeah, the, weird the, stuff. The AV Club uh, titled "What in the Holy Hell Hell is Up with This Trailer for the I Am Jesus Christ Video Game?" <laughs> and then, yeah, it's gotten. Uh, oh no, I didn't. I thought where I saw one get over a million views. It only has eighty three thousand views. Anyway, that's even a lot for an indie game, though, to get to get some views on a trailer. Um, I'm like, going to say look this. look at the House Flipper game, and honestly, it doesn't look like it's of much higher quality. So maybe it is. I don't know. But the developer, Empreen, I'm going to see if they've done anything else. The ultimate fishing se- simulator developer is BitGollum, which is a great name for a developer. And the only thing they've done is um, they've done Deadliest Catch the Game. Did they? No, that, oh, that's... Ultimate Games SA is a Polish company which was established 2015 in Warsaw. So is I, that connected to this game? I don't think so. Because I just clicked on the Emprian one for the uh, House Flipper, and it takes you to uh, upcoming releases, but when you click on the game The Tenants, it's a different studio. And when you click, click, click on the game Quartermaster, the developer's Quartermaster, I feel like these are development studios are, are, are one-offs. I don't know... What the but point they would all be. look like the same engine and look yes. at they use a similar sort of style. Yeah, and s- something's going on here in Eastern Europe that we got to investigate. <laughs> something's going on here. I'm not calling this a front for something. But this is weird. This is like a splintering of of shell publishers and developers that I think are working under the same umbrella. That w- that that once you look into all all these things available, this is bizarre. Yeah, it's very weird. You should check out Ultimate Fishing Simulator. Looks like it's a pretty decent game. Not for twenty bucks. How are the reviews? <laughs> the reviews on Ultimate Fishing Simulator. Uh, well, there's a bunch of different ones. That's that's the thing. It's like it's tough to. There's like for like, for like car mechanics. There's like eight different versions. It's so weird. Right, I'm just looking at Ultimate Fishing Simulator. Here we go. Uh, very positive. 159 reviews. So okay, that's good. Maybe Bit Golem knows what's up. <laughs> Golem. Golem. <laughs> It seems like there's like obviously there's like a tongue-in-cheek sort of dark humor in these games, in the principal and the present. The Jesus one plays it more straightforward because you don't want to start insulting you know someone's uh, religion overtly for an indie game. That wouldn't be smart uh, there. I'm just gonna say this: I, I'm I'm down. To, if one of these games gets made, I'm down to to try it out. I'm like I, they got me intrigued uh, by this. There's a hobo game I saw where like. It's literally like you, you, you steal stuff from pawn shops and you get drunk and, and throw bottles at other other homeless people. That sounds awful. Uh, it's it's tongue-in-cheek somehow, but that's but that's what they're doing with these sort of games here. They're, they're sort of like making this like you're doing you're in a role of someone you probably would never be, but they're making like like sort of like dark humor. So I'm stuff. looking at this I'm looking at this fishing simulator one. And there's absolutely, in two video trailers, there's not a single shot of anything that looks like a UI or a menu or anything. It all looks like it could just be... It's got 1,800 uh, ratings, though, for this game. 1,825 reviews. That's, that's, that's not a fake game. It has to be real at that point, doesn't it? I mean, you can't fake all these reviews. Good graphics, easy to control, and friendly to those who aren't used to playing on a PC in general. It's a pretty sick simulator. Controls are much better than many I've played. Enjoyable action, play style to your choosing. You can sit and wait, watch multiple rods, or actively troll the bottom. Is good. None of these really go into any detail. Dude, there's 2,000 reviews. They can't all be fake, can they? How can you do 2,000 fake reviews? 
Is that possible? These are all fake profiles. Two point three hour, 10.3 hours, five point six hours. These, I, I think this is a real game, Ian. I don't I'm think not it's saying fake. it's not a real game. I'm saying I, I have a feeling it, it could just be something that was shoveled out. And I, I think actually... we got we got to take one for the team. We got to go in and buy Ultimate Fishing Simulator. Yeah, we got to try it out <laughs> to, to see the quality of this. All right, so 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 this is, a, it's so strange. The different the different. They all look the same. Cooking Simulator is another one. That's a real game, $20. And Cooking Simulator is by Big Cheese Studio, a uh, different studio, but it's still Playway SA as a publisher. Yeah, so There's leaderboards for Cooking Simulator. So my guess is that they probably have, and it looks like people were streaming it at one point too. Um, my guess is that they're probably the, just in-house development, house names that they make up for each title. This is the, this is the, the simulator indie publisher yeah. we've discovered. Doing all this stuff, and they're selling. I mean, yeah, th- thirty eight hundred very positive, uh, thirty eight hundred reviews for Cooking Simulator. I mean, these are real games, Ian. But we're not sure I these. Will... I didn't say it's not a real game. I'm wondering. Well, if these the new reviews ones. have been. Well, yes, these. I think Steam would have found out they're doing thirty eight hundred fake reviews. Sure. That, that's a lot, Ian, to get away with. And people are streaming it. Okay, this is uh, honestly. When you look at them, they have like like several trailers for games that they may not make. That's a great idea to find out which one people actually want to get made. It is, and so, then get your in-house team working on it. And- yeah, so you're gonna probably see an I Am Jesus game. I want to see the I Am Principal game. I, I I'm actually interested in something that fucking weird. Get their parents. Get their parents. Yeah, I guess at that point, it, will there be like a will there be a narrative to these games? Like for the Jesus game, are you, are you just going through different? Uh, you know, Bible sequences, Bible story sequences, and then they shows up you rising from the dead after after crucifixion, or is it open world? If you're simulating being the the son of God, like like how the I'm fucking not sure. trailer ends with you looking around on the cross. Oh no! It's, no, you, you, wait. I'm sorry, no, that's right. It's you roll away the rock. No, yeah, you're like using your super god powers at the end. Come on, Ian. I want to see you way way laced to the Roman soldiers. That'd be come. Uh, do I have that option? Can I go to battle with, with Peter by my side and, and and slaying the Romans? I'm in. I'm in for I am Jesus. I I am in for that. All right. I mean that sounds interesting. I mean, someone's got to make that game. And there's a VR version of this fishing one, Ian. I saw. I know. So I think I think you're closer. <laughs> Ian, you want, Christmas is coming up. Ian, no, I'm I, good. I, I could gift you the ultimate fishing simulator. <laughs> I'll look into it a little bit more. Okay. All right. Moving on here. All right, Ian. Yes, you know we love uh, Twitch streamers. Sure, and, and nothing. Them. I was just talking to you last week. I was like, you know, when is Hollywood gonna c- come to Twitch and make a uh, make a show out of one of my favorite Twitch streamers, Doctor Disrespect? Remember that conversation we had there? I do. Okay, I definitely remember. That. So, streamer Doctor Disrespect, who does the '80s uh, aesthetic again, and he has the the mullet. And he's got the sunglasses and the well and the known mustache. for filming in a toilet he, at uh, E3 he, he, getting he, he, banned. He did get banned from E3 for filming in in a um, in a bathroom, and he did do uh, breaking the fourth wall and admitting how he cheated on his wife on a stream. Uh, we talked about him on the podcast how that was kind of weird, and uh, so that's what he's known for in the mainstream. Uh, but he inked a, D, a TV deal with the Walking Dead creators, uh, Skybound. This comes from the Hollywood Reporter. They're Hollywood Reporter getting the news on the Hollywood path. Um, the gaming content creator will develop a narrative scripted series based on his popular alter ego. This is uh, uh, his name's Guy Beam uh, the fourth. The fourth, okay, uh, has a deal going. The new deal 
Uh, it's the first kind for a Twitch personality over the past few years. Uh, Beam, as his over-the-top WWE-inspired alter-ego Dr. Disrespect, has become one of the top streamers on the Amazon-owned platform, where he boasts more than 3.8 million followers and has amassed more than 100 million views. We are pretty early in terms of the creative and the direction we want to take it, Beam tells a Hollywood reporter, but mentions they've had some early discussions around animation. All right, Ian. So, building a narrative TV show, a real TV show around a Twitch streamer, going into the, I guess, the origins of the Twitch streamer's personality, and I guess the 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 wacky antics and adventures that Twitch streamer uh, gets in along the way. Is this something you'll watch on AMC if it comes out? No, it sounds absolutely awful. Would you like to expand on those thoughts? I mean, so what I imagine they'll probably... I mean, if it's animated, then that's... So they talk about how it's going to talk about how the doctor became the doctor. The only thing I could really see... how The only way I could see one of these types of shows working is if it went in, like, the... And I, I didn't... I don't like... I didn't like him or the show, but uh, if it tried to go in, like, the direction of, say, like, a Tom Green show or something like that. Something that was, like skit based or like out in public reality reality based, based. I don't know going, how you're going go- into p- public restrooms going more. into public restrooms yeah, uh, yeah I have no idea how you would build an actual well, TV show around a, a streaming character I granted I'm going to be the per- first person to admit I've never watched two seconds of Dr. Disrespect I just know that he got suspended for filming in a bathroom at E3 while, while kids were taking a piss but yes I lapse of judgment that seems like a pretty big fucking lapse of judgment anyways i yeah i just i don't know what you do with that other than it, it sounds like executives looking at something going quick quick it's popular we have to capitalize on it sure. in some way it's a, it's a dog chasing a car what do, what do they do with it once they catch it yes they, i mean they did that remember they tried to do that that fred movie that was a youtuber from 10 years ago that no i don't remember that he did the voice like this, and he was trying to be a little kid. They did a Nickelodeon This is absolutely movie. the most I'm ever going to know about it. <laughs> okay. So this is what the Sky, Skybound co-founder and CEO David Alpert says. There's lots of incredibly talented streamers, but there's something special about what Guy has done in creating his character. We really believe there's a unique world around the Doctor. Dr. Disrespect is largest figure, is maybe the largest figure, to ever be in the video game space in the history of the world. A bit of on brand marketing for the character's Bragi Osho persona. Okay. I, it's an entirely, I don't have to say this, I think when people think that they could take and drop someone popular in one medium into other, that's going to be a natural fit. When streaming and being funny and ad libbing and being a character doesn't mean you'll be able to be able to write and star in a narrative show. Right. And Those are two entirely different and things. And it's not saying one is better than the other. No. It, it, they both take talent. I'm, I'm not actually going to sit here and say that the guy doesn't have some sort of talent to be as popular as he does, because he does. But it's that they're, one doesn't interest me, too. It's non-transferable. No. Sometimes it can happen, but it doesn't. it's not an automatic thing. To me, it's as strange as you said that we're going to cast Dr. Disrespect in a, in, a, in a Broadway musical. To me, it's just as like, what does one have to do with the other? Right. Nothing. Nothing. To do with one another. Um, uh, that's not to say that this can't be a success, but the likelihood of it being first a success critically, but getting the people that watch the, the 13 year olds that watch the streamer to then watch it on cable TV. Oof. Well, I think that's, that's, that's one of the bigger hurdles is you're taking, you're, you're making a TV show for an audience that does not use TV anymore. That's not their natural And, and maybe this doesn't appear on TV. Maybe this goes on Hulu, or maybe they get someone to get on sure. Netflix. It's Fair still enough. an entirely different demographic. Right. The Amazon Prime audience is not the 
the uh, the Twitch don't don't own a credit card don't own a credit card audience. I mean, that's just reality. Sure, people aren't going to be saying I'm going to watch season two of Jack Ryan. Ian, then I'm going to watch the Doctor Disrespect show. You're not going to find a person in the world that has that mindset. Most likely, you just won't uh, there. Um, yeah, that's really what it comes down to. Uh. Then it the, the goes on to talk about you know ninja. Yeah, I hope we get deal. a show about how Tyler Blevins became a ninja. <laughs> Did you see uh, our pal Ninja, what he said about about place kicking, about kickers uh, a couple weeks back? Yeah, he's a fucking dumbass. But, I mean, we've made, I've, I've said that before. How can, they, how can you not kick the ball? That's your job. And he got fucking – he got – people were not happy with that. Oh, yeah, no, I saw. So they're like, how can you miss a snipe in Fortnite? And, and this is someone who – was lucky enough, and I'm still scratching my head, what the fuck were they thinking that appeared in the NFL 100th anniversary commercial last year? And then he goes on Twitter and criticizes a professional and amateur college football players that because they, because they won't be able to make a field goal. When it's not easy to make a field goal, because uh, the professional football players themselves can't do it, they got to hire specials to do it, and even they have trouble doing it. If place kicking was easy, anyone could do it. And then he tried to say that, well, Fortnite has rotating and building. And it's like, yes, and kicking has real-life physics and wind. I can learn to be a good Fortnite player, Ian, probably in a month if I trained. It will take me 30 years to be a place kicker in the NFL. Or, like, you can't just I'm just done. I'm done with our pal. I'm I'm canceling brunch, Ian. Canceling brunch. You're the only person who had to cancel. I never accepted the brunch. You never accepted the brunch? No. Never accepted the brunch. Well, he though. offered to pay. I mean, you can't. That's nice of him to do, right? Anyway. All right. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm tired of, of. well, let's just put it this way. I, I don't. I'm, I'm tired of professional athletics being disrespected to such a degree uh, by people that play video games. I'm, I'm just tired of it. I'm just sort of sick of it. Because you don't see professional athletes going out of their way to, to make fun of video games. A lot, most of them are game players themselves. Yeah. I, I just don't understand uh, why people uh, do that. Belittle. And I, I yeah, I, I, it's actually pretty funny. Uh, as an aside, they did it on, uh, what's her name? The funny, um, she's funny on ESPN. Uh, Katie, is it Katie Nolan? She has a late night show. Um, and then they, they went on, they went after people on Twitter. They went after the, how, remember the, uh, the Bears in the playoffs, uh, the, the place kicker dunked, he hit the side of the field goal. And they lost in the playoffs. Yeah. And so there was all these people that said, oh, I can make that kick. They, they found those people. It didn't tell them what it was for. and said, you're going to show up. We're going to you know, talk to us about being a Bears fan. And then they gave an opportunity to kick a field goal. And could one of them even get close, Ian? No. no. Not one of them could even get the ball in the air to get close to the, to, the, to the posts. So it's not easy to be a kicker, especially if on a fucking football. Remember, try punting a, a little freaking um, – the little hutch balls as a kid. That was even tough. I've never successfully kicked a football not once. I could punt it a little bit. I could, But even that was tough to punt it. But place kicking, that was a whole different thing. Hold it with your finger and kick through. Break my finger before, or break someone's finger before I could kick that successfully. Right. That was tough. Anyway, sorry. We went on. Anyway, Dr. Disrespect show. We'll see it come out, and it'll be a thing that we'll, we'll, maybe we'll come back to. I don't know. All right, Ian, you want to talk about Rocket League? Yeah, we can talk about this real quick. I think it's interesting to see. Our, our local buddies here. Psionics. Psionics Studio. So Rocket League is getting rid of its loot boxes um, from the game as uh, they added loot boxes in 2016. 
um, when loot boxes were kind of like at the height of their popularity, every game was doing it and it would unlock things like, uh, I'm not, I like, um, I like Rocket League. I'm not good at it, so I haven't played it in years. But it unlocks things like, I think, like, skins for the car, maybe shapes for the car. I'm pretty sure you could get, like, little, like, uh, antenna ornaments. You can get, like, basically, you can get, like, cosmetic decorative Mostly things. Mostly cosmetic. It's not yeah. going to affect the gameplay? Out, out okay. of them. Um, but they were, um, you know, you had to pay for them. You had no idea what was going to be in there. You needed keys to unlock them. Uh-huh. And uh, they've since changed that with the new... Uh, 1.7 update. Um, they've changed the loot boxes to blueprints and they've changed the keys to coins. <sighs> so what this does is it lets people see what they are potentially getting. Uh, it gives you an idea of what you're actually getting before you uh, use your money to craft the uh, item. So you can say, okay, I do want this or I don't want this. Okay. So, and then you can trade your blueprints back and forth with other people. If they have something you want, once they've been revealed, um, you can trade them back and forth with other people so you can get something that you want or they can get something they want. You can also trade using coins, but you can't trade coins for coins. Those are all the things they've talked about. I think it's interesting to see. I think, um, I don't know if there was a reason, uh, a main reason, but I think it's proactive for these companies it's good and it's proactive for these companies to um, start changing loot boxes. Um, one, I think it's going to, it should generally breed better will with um, your player base. Uh, and two, if there's any sort of legal ruling on loot boxes, I think it's, uh, you know, these companies are going to save themselves a lot of headache if they just go ahead and change this stuff now. They're self-enforcing. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, I think that's a good idea. I would definitely prefer to have the option to know what I'm getting and then decide to pay. The loot box mechanic has never done it for me. So now you're no longer gambling, in essence, about what's what's there. Now you're kind of seeing, okay, it's there. I have the option to pay to get it. Right, exactly. In theory, that sounds fine. Uh, I don't know if, if people are complaining about it because I don't know what the monetization system, how it transferred over. So it looks like when you... So w- keys are being transfer, tr- uh, transformed into between 100 and 130 coins. So any any boxes that you have in your inventory are turned into un, unrevealed blueprints, and then you can reveal them and then decide if you want to do something with them. You know, Basically, if you want to craft the item. Okay. Um, and then the keys that would be used to open the loot boxes previously have been, now been turned into coins between 100 and 130 coins a piece, uh, and you use the coins depending on what the blueprint is to the basically, unlock it. The, basically, the coins unlock the item from the blueprints. Yeah. Okay. You earn the blueprints. You earn and the, the blueprints. Money, you see what it is, currency. and then if you want it, you use the currency to use, to create it. Got you. So that, okay. I don't know how much the coins cost. And this is where well, it that's could, the thing. Yeah, this is where it could be. What's the value versus right. before? Because the thing about loot boxes is, it's gambling. You're more than likely having a person purchase a few times, maybe to get an item they want. Now they got to make up that loss of revenue by having a system where they can make at least the same amount of money. They're not. They're not going to want to lose money. Sure. So they might have to inflate prices. Yeah, I, that's true. items, and I think that might be from my, what I heard. There might be a rumbling about that. That it's not fair to some people. Like, oh, I spend this much my money to get this before it was worth less. Maybe you know, um, that's just what I saw without digging into a lot. So, but that's going to be the reality on the switch over. Is that the amount of extra money they're going to be made that was made before by people gambling and getting shit that they didn't want necessarily, and, and spending more than they want. They're going to want to make that up. 
they're not going to take a loss on their oh, ecosystem. Sure. So that's that's unfortunately what we're going to see. And for some of these games, it might turn out to be, uh, I don't want to say worse, but it might be a slap in the face to some people that'd be like, well, that item I could have gambled uh, a dollar on, now i got to spend 20 bucks on the get. I, I think you if, know. I, I, I am assuming that they're probably going to be in the, uh, I have a feeling they'll probably make it um, similar to uh, Fortnite. Okay. Um, and Fortnite skins are expensive. They're expensive. I mean, full outfits can cost upwards of 20 bucks. But I think it's better in the end. It, it's probably going to be tough for players to adjust to it. And yeah, it, they're probably going to be overly expensive. But I think it's still better in the end to at least have the option to get what you want instead of having to throw money. You know, who knows how much money at it to unlock it. I'm looking on Twitter to see what the feedback is. Cause it's only been around for like four or five days at this point, six days. Uh, someone says the new, up, new Rock League update is like, imagine you have eight loot boxes and you can't choose the one you open. So you get a random prize, but then you have to pay anywhere from one to twenty dollars to claim it. So much fun. Oof. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's not good, but that's kind of what I was expecting in terms of the monetization aspect. Uh, of it. I a hundred percent agree with. Uh, while I while I hated the loot, while I hated the loot creates and the randomness, charging fifteen to twenty dollars for a single item is ludicrous. The pricing needs to be adjusted asap. Also, if 10 keys was worth 1,000 credits, why not continue to charge $10 per 1,000 credits? So it sounds like, yeah, these players aren't, aren't happy with this from what I'm seeing on here. There's so a this couple probably articles. needs to be worked on um, pretty extensively. High-priced cosmetics and Rocket League are causing outrage amongst players. Um, Twitter and the game's official subreddit are full posts from angry players demanding change. Professional Rocket League esports player GT Rizzo said, I, I try to like it, this update fucking blows. $15 for white Zombas, sure I'd allow it. $14 for regular Infiniums. I guess those are car models. Just shove my wallet up my well. Okay. Yeah, right, that's let's... not great. And I mean, I will say this. I mean, knowing that, that definitely sucks. And uh, the difference also here is, unless it's changed I'll the, recently, I'll put it on here. Uh, yeah. Rocket League is not free to play. Like, sure. um, like Fortnite is, where I would expect to pay a premium for something on a free to play game. How much does it cost? It's like 20 I bucks? think it's 20 bucks. Okay. Um, so that's going to be a big difference too. You're still uh, paying to get in. Um, yeah, I put the article there. It's from TrueAchievements.com. Uh, the problem a lot of players are highlighting, besides how expensive, is that most premium items are usually priced a few hundred credits more than the price of a bundle. For a twelve hundred dollar credit item, you need to buy. You would need to buy both the eleven hundred and five hundred credit bundles, costing around fifteen dollars. Oof, that's that's uh, egregious. That sucks, but that's every fucking game. I'm going to say that right now. That's, yeah, that's but every game. That's like they, they they're going to buy you to spend more money to get yeah. more credits, even though you don't need them right now. Oof. Uh, Fortnite's V Bucks are the same way. Well, I know, I understand that because they get your money. It's like it's like a gift certificate. They get your money no matter what, right. whether or not you're going to spend the extra. Yeah. I'm not saying that's okay. I'm just saying that that is that is every. That's not that's not a. That's nasty. That's though. Not a a specific rocket. Having eleven hundred dollar for a credit bundle, not a thousand. That's kind of fucking weird. Yeah. Having odd like an odd weird number like that. That is kind of weird. I I would be pissed about that. Um. Yeah. Because it's five hundred dollars. But okay, I see. You get oh, they give you a bonus, so it's it's five bucks for five hundred, eleven hundred for ten. I see it. They give you the bonus, but it's still not enough to get a twelve hundred dollar item. I get it. Yeah, they really, they really want you to buy the three thousand credits yep. for twenty five or the six five hundred for fifty. That's what they really want you to do. And that is shitty. Uh, uh, Pokemon Go does it that way. Um, Fortnite does it that way. 
most uh, most games that have currencies do it that way and they price accordingly. But again, I would point out the big difference is Pokemon Go is a free to play game. Uh, uh, Fortnite is a free to play game. Sure, there, there is it's no different. you're not paying just to get you're not already paying to get into the game. Like okay. so, this that that does make it definitely sting a bit more. Uh, on Steam, a player by the name of J- Jiv who has played over 680 hours of the game left the review and said the new blueprint system is a complete ripoff. The prices are nowhere near the market price before the change. You used to spend 20 keys worth for 20 items if you opened crates. Now you use 20 keys to, worth to get one item from the shop. Ah, okay. Uh, so like I said, they're placing the yeah. gambling aspect. With we're gonna charge you up the ass now for that item that you're gonna gamble to get before. So both options suck. Yeah, but it sounds like they preferred yeah. the randomness. Oh yeah, sure. Because at least they get something, and what they're getting at least is cheaper than spending the money right. to get something and, and that, they and definitely that, want. I, okay, yeah. So I mean, I'm kind of flipping back around on this after reading. Yeah, it. The, I, I can I can see uh, where. I mean, I don't like loot boxes, but if it's at least. At least with the loot boxes, if you not get, like you said, if you're not getting what you're actually looking for, you're getting something. You're building up a closet of cosmetics sure. for your car that you might go back to, you might use, even though if it's not the the one that you want. Yeah, to me, it's like it's like the, the little uh, you know the little machines you put a quarter in. It's like sure. you're not getting the, the LCD watch on the front, but you're getting a little toy versus spending thirty dollars to get that watch. Just the watch, right? You know, that's the way I'm looking at sure. it. So it's like, yeah, it's a little. Beyond the pale. So. Yep, I see that. All right, we got you back around, Ian. Here, you know, we, we don't want to. I'm have... just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not into loot box mechanics to begin with. But this is not a suitable. Well, like I said, I mean, if, if, if they're looking at their, they're looking at their yeah. earnings and be, they can't lose a, a shit ton of money. So unfortunately, they're gonna have to make it up. Uh, yeah. It's really Papa Epic Games who now owns them. Yeah, it's up to them. I'm sure Sonic's right here, not far away. That they have control over the game still. I mean, why mess with something that's not broken? Honestly. You know, I'd tinker. I wouldn't if I was epic, you know, but, you know, they, they want to make their profit. But all right, well, maybe the, hopefully they'll tinker it and come down to something more reasonable, you know, like just like have the amount of credits for stuff at least and maybe make some people happy. Yeah. All right, Ian, uh, we got a Patreon. Patreon.com slash CU podcast. And what do you get there? Ian? Stuff. It's the same thing like like the machine. You put the quarter, right? Uh, I it's do, not random, though. I do <laughs> writings about once a week about whatever pops into my head. Um, we put the full uh, video podcast up there, so it's not broken up into segments for you. I do a hangout once a month. Got to figure out what day I'm doing that this month. Um, this Saturday or Sunday? Huh? This Saturday or Sunday work? Uh, I'll figure it out. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, check it out. All right. In third place, this is, this is a tighter race going on. Third place, 21%. What life's property would you want adapted to a pinball machine? That's Ian's pet topic. Uh, second place, thirty-six uh, percent. The state of amiibo collecting. Five years in, and number one at forty-three percent. Are professional critics for games and movies still necessary? Ian, what do you think? I think there's still. I think there's still a space for professional criticism um, when it comes to media. Uh, reason being, people who have done it for a long time. Um, know what to look for, know what to talk about. They know what people want to know about um, when it comes to uh, whether it's a movie or a game or a book or something that's come out. They know what what people, what questions people have about something. Um, so they, okay. they hone in on it. Um, also, I think there's something to be said about finding a critic, whether it's your local newspaper critic or something like that, that you tend to agree with. And it's a good way to get a... Um, 
it's a good way to get a relative idea of whether or not something is going to be interesting to you or for you. Sure. I've never let a critic in almost any situation that I can think of be the beyond the be all end all deciding factor as to whether or not I'm going to like something or enjoy something. But I do like having a place to go where I can read the reviews and opinions of people. And if it's someone that I've been reading for a long time, I guess you don't need to be professional. I, I could read an amateur critic for a long, long time. But after a while, if you've been doing it long enough, you tend to get viewed as a professional critic or someone who does it for a living or someone that people look to for this sort of thing. So I don't think they necessarily have a specialized sense that other people don't have. But I think after years of doing it and becoming ingrained in, I don't know, critic culture, if you want to call it that, um, it, it is nice to have those places where you can look for a quick opinion on something that you might be interested in. Um, a professional critic, what's interesting to me about being a professional critic is that you have to have a background in, in, in whatever the field is, supposedly. Like, like if I'm a, a film critic, I probably, you know, I've been watching movies for a long time. That's like my bread and butter. Um, I mean, obviously, if you're a local paper, you probably start low. But like the, 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 the critics that people know about the famous ones, like Siskel and Ebert and Roper and, and the guy that does the, the movie review guys. These, these guys, some of these guys have like decades worth of watching films and that's all they do sure so that's not reviewers from michelin yeah so that's not to say that like they know better about it but they're more likely to find or tune into things that the casual person won't uh they're more likely to be like oh this is an interesting thing and this this is like uh homage to to some sort of film 30 years ago or it's inspired by this so they pick up on the stuff that might key you in and be like oh that's interesting I never thought about that or oh this might be related to a genre that died out 30 years ago or it's using a, a, a lighting element that hasn't been seen and those are things that the casual viewer may not know about at all and that could interest you once you find out about it so that's why professional critic to me still needs to exist especially for something like music where they, they know what oh they, they're, they're basing this off this obscure band in the 70s or this like genre that died out uh, or like you said I think you brought up like maybe food a food critic could, could yeah. pick out ingredients or, or why it's prepared a certain way so I still think there's room for professional criticism absolutely that's not to say that what they're saying is is gospel because it's still an opinion a subjective art form but I don't I'm not like it's oh professional critics are needed it's like well no I they still count for something and, and to me and, and, and an aggregate of all the critics to me is great like, I love Rotten Tomatoes to me whenever whenever I, I now see a movie uh, that I walk out of from Rotten Tomatoes, I'm like, oh, the, the aggregate was pretty spot on what the consensus was. That was pretty accurate. I'm not shocked anymore when I walk out of a movie after I saw what the consensus was on on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, oh, that's pretty much in line with like, like 100 critics. And it's like, oh, what is the average sort of thing? I'm like, that's, you know, there's a need for that. I'm, I don't want to go to the movies and waste three hours of my life and $20 and, and be disappointed or say, oh, that was shit. Sure. Um, you know. I also, I, I think... And I'm not saying that this is why this person asked the question by, you know, or by any means, but um, I, I feel like this question, I, I feel like we might have even talked about this once briefly a few years ago, um, but, and I don't know what would have sparked this off. Maybe it was just, you know, a question for a question, but I do know this, that this question tends to pop up more when something that was expected to be really, really good comes out and gets really bad reviews or something really bad comes out, yet it seems to be... Uh, a darling in critics' eyes. Um, people get upset when the criticism, when the critic doesn't match, doesn't when when the critic uh, review or take on it is doesn't different. doesn't reflect 
uh, their take or review or take on it. And people are always like, well, we don't need professional critics. I like this. They don't. But the thing is, is if that professional critic were to have liked it, when arguing this with someone else, you would... I guarantee you these people would go to the professional critic and be like, well, so-and-so liked this and they said this and this about it. It's one of those things where if someone's with you, you love it. But if it's, if they're against you, you know, you're, you're immediately turned off on it and you think that no one, you know, there's no point for, for criticism. Is that because what's, what's the game you think that it's happening with? Like I, I do death, death Stranding or something? No, I, I, I just said that the, it happens when okay. games like this. I, I, I don't know that there was any reason for this question, but I do see that when a game or a movie or something or comes out. Batman v Superman, that was one. Yeah. They're like, oh, they're all on Disney's payroll, all those critics. It's like, no, they're not. They just didn't like the movie. Right, exactly, you know? and that's what I'm saying. Had had those crit, and, and that's when that that's a. But are you saying if, if it got ninety percent instead of thirty percent rotten tomatoes, and it had real, it been the other way around, yeah, and someone had liked it. it, they would have pointed to it and and held it up as the bastion of truth. And of that's course, just, and that's just how human nature is. That's just how people work. Yeah, of course. When when like Wonder Woman gets a positive aggregate score, or Aquaman, I think got pretty positive. They don't they ignore that at that point. Right. Oh, then the, then the critics are fine. Exactly. Right. They're fine. Then Wonder Woman will get like ninety percent. Wonder Woman did really, really well. Ninety three percent. Wow. Okay. I, I, it was a good movie. The last fifteen minutes were terrible, but the, the movie up to that point was good uh, for that. Um, okay. I also want to say this. I don't want to rub people the wrong way when I say this necessarily. Uh, there's also because this is in general in society right now, we are seeing a sort of anti intellectualism sort of push. Yes. In some degrees, where experts in whatever the field is, whether it's legal experts, constitutional experts. Uh, climate change scientists they're discounted like their opinion doesn't matter for whatever reason when they're the ones trained in it well and and I, and, and I think that carries over to this just a, a, it's not totally related because obviously no, a movie's I, not as important as, as denying I, climate change I get example. what I get what you're saying though I, th- uh, I think I think there's hints of of it's a of little bit in this um just fucking thing that made me furious the other day i was reading up on it's like a month or two months ago i was reading up on diets i can't remember if it was the paleo diet or the i think it was the whole 30 diet or something okay. that i i just i'd come across so i was reading a little bit about it and i had done so, i had read a couple other articles on it and basically it's like yeah you know okay you can eat nutritious food but you know doctors don't really recommend this diet etc etc sure. and i was reading one um i was reading just some woman was writing about it and she's like now they say that this is that there's no scientific proof behind it but i just feel like eating cleaner is better and it's like it no no i'm i'm sorry i'm not matter yeah your feelings don't matter here i'm not saying that every doctor is right there are plenty of doctors that aren't fucking fantastic but to disregard and say you just feel like this diet is making you better is fucking Suburban white horse wife bullshit. It's the fucking stupidest thing in the goddamn world. It's to the say reason that. why kids have like rubella and, and mumps. Uh, right, again. exactly. She's probably an anti vaxxer too. I just feel like it doesn't fucking matter doesn't what you work, feel like. That's not how science yes. works. Science is a consensus of people who are actually researching all doctors and coming are, to a, a consensus conclusion. That's what science is. Not all doctors are great. You can't always rely on the appeal to authority, but this person went to school and studied this. Yes. And what did you do? I, you woke up and felt sunny one morning, so you decided that this <laughs> diet was the way to go. Yeah, uh, and that's yeah, and that's what I'm seeing more and more. And, and from smart people, people that, you know, people I've talked to, and it's like, you know, you bring up things that it's like, well, you know, the, the most experts agree on this or 99% of scientists say it's this. And they throw out some, like, they're smart people. So they think because they're smart, 
They have the ability to outthink some uh, people that in a field they're not trained in. They can outthink someone else. Uh, the, the the smartest person admits when they, they don't know enough to, they have to then uh, yield to the opinion of someone who's trained in something. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert in finances or, or, or legal things or, or you know, uh, what's going on in the world in some aspects. I will then uh, see what the experts that have studied it their whole lives, what they say, especially when it comes to science. Something that you can't look up on a YouTube video or a couple of articles to think you know better than someone that's a climatologist that studied their entire fucking lives. You know, like that's to me is just just the astounding arrogance of ignorance that we're seeing in this day and age across across aisles of it. A lot of thought. It's it's it's, it's arrogant ignorance masquerading as intelligence. I'll just say that we're going off on a different tangent now, but that's what we're seeing. And it's very disconcerting, and that's why, you know, uh, that's why some things are out where we're at right now, unfortunately. And that's the end of this episode of the CU podcast. Arrogant ignorance. Yeah, that's what it is. That's the end of the podcast, Ian. <laughs> it is. No, okay. it's an hour and a half. We're, we sort of got our internal clockwork, and you knew that we were too short. We had to do that extra topic. You're yep. like, the, 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 the CU podcast listeners demand more. Thank God we. It did. was a good. Po- it was, I'm glad we did the, the 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 Rocket League one too because I came back around on it at the end. Yeah, we didn't want we didn't want the podcast share to do videos on you. Was, well, they don't do videos on you. They just do videos on me, and you're sort of like in the in the background because you know they can't clickbait your name versus mine. No, they just know. threaten you know my wife and shit like that. So I'm just about the YouTubers. Oh, I see the YouTubers. They can't make. Oh, it. YouTubers. I mean, they could make something on me, but I mean, what would the point be? Yeah. On, on the bigger target when it comes to that. Uh, yeah, but whatever. Whatever we have the insider, we have the insider info. I'm so happy. Hopefully we get we get uh, we, we we get some sort of like uh, gorilla, you know, videotaping like the meetings, or or maybe he'll go into the restroom and videotape the guys. Okay. <laughs> the insider info. Eat my asshole with your insider info bullshit. Eat it. Sorry, it's fine. <laughs> You're hungry not for that. I don't want asshole, but I definitely want to eat some. Flexpromeals.com slash so podcast. Hopefully that will continue. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you next week. Uh, on Twitter, we're going to do something uh, where we're going to do like, you know, the best of the CU podcast, which we'll, we'll, we'll do it for the Christmas Eve episode, most likely, where we're not going to record a full episode. We'll just do a best of. Take a week off. And then we'll come back for, uh, well, really two weeks. Uh, but I have to, I'll edit together like the best of, like an hour and a half of like, Stuff going back to like my man and ring 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 and, and Ian. It's mostly Ian yelling about movies. Now that I think about it, it's mostly <laughs> Ian, that's a lot of it. Is Ian yelling about movie topics. I'm sure there'll be a click of chameleon topic in there as well. You know the best of uh, there. All right, so we'll see you in a week. Uh, go to ultimatenintendo.com. You can buy see podcast enamel pins and two certain video game guidebooks there, uh, and and get your order in by the weekend to hopefully guarantee it showing up before Christmas there because. Uh, post office it gets to be a little slow once you get closer to christmas all right that's ian i'm pat we're both hungry we'll see you later toodles